on the Ask the Garden Geek radio show or podcast, do you hear me talking about nematodes? Hi, everybody. Michael Kroos here. And I guess I'm going to talk about nematodes because I've been doing this a long, long time. I've been doing this radio stuff for like 35 years and nationally. And I understand talking about nematodes in the deep south, you know, Florida, South Texas, Arizona, California. You know, I, I understand all of that, but I don't understand nematodes being a problem up north. And as it turns out, they kind of are. And I read this article on that interweb thing, and it was all about nematodes in houseplants. And, uh, you know, and when you consider, now, you know, I, I just didn't consider. Although I knew, I didn't consider. I knew, but I didn't think about it. Does that make sense? Anyway, what I knew and what I didn't think about was that the overwhelming majority of houseplants that are living across the fruited plain came from Florida or Arizona or Southern California or Mexico or Guatemala. Yeah, houseplants from Guatemala. Who would have thunk? Uh, and in all of those areas, there are nematodes. But Michael, you're saying, you're saying, but Michael, what's a nematode? And why is it something I should be concerned with? I've never seen one. Neither have I. Okay, but I've dealt with a lot of nematodes. Nematodes, when we think about plants, are microscopic little tiny, tiny, tiny eelworms. Little tiny eelworms. You cannot see them with the naked eye. You can only see them with a microscope. And what nematodes do is that they eat plant roots. And the plant roots that they like the most are the little tiny hairy feeder roots of the plants. Why do they like those? Because they're small and they're easy to do. Now, there are several kind of nematodes, but they basically come in two different varieties, both of which are important to know about. There's what we call the ectoparasitic nematodes. These are microscopic eelworms, once again, that live in the soil, and they come up to the roots of your plant. And in the case of what we're talking about now is houseplants that have been imported from Florida. And they, they come in, or Colombia, or Guatemala, or Mexico, or who knows where, south of here. Not from Cuba, though. We haven't opened up the houseplant market in Cuba. Looking forward to doing that. I can't wait to go to Cuba. I want to go to Cuba so bad. Flew over it, you know, going to Jamaica. You know, but uh, never been in Cuba. I want to go to Cuba. Beautiful beaches. Uh, and I've never smoked a cigar in my life, but I might if I go to Cuba. I just might. I doubt it. Uh, but anyway, houseplants that come from the deep south wind up up north, and they've got these, these little microscopic eelworms in them called nematodes. So we're starting about the ectoparasitic nematodes. These are nematodes that live in the ground, and they crawl around in the ground, and they find those little fine hairy uh, feeder roots on the plant, and they start chomping on them from the outside. And they chomp, chomp, chomp. And by the way, the more they chomp, the more they multiply, and they just start, you know, uh, you just have a whole pot full of nematodes and no roots, and your plant starts to decline, and your plant dies, and that is why. The, and that is with ectoparasitic nematodes. And there are several varieties of ectoparasitic nematodes. I won't go into all the names because it just, it's boring. Uh, then you have what's called uh, 
the other classification, which is called endoparasitic nematodes. And endoparasitic nematodes also lives in the soil, but it doesn't like to live in the soil. And it likes to eat roots, but it doesn't like to eat roots from the outside of the root. An endoparasitic nematode, or several of them, will dig a little hole inside the root structure of the plant. Now, the endoparasitic nematodes, they like the little hairy feet of roots, but they also like the thicker stability roots because they can get in there and there's food everywhere. And they're living inside the roots of your plants. And they're just chomping away. And when that happens, you know, the, the feeder roots, which they're really not bothering that much, are taking in the nutrition, but the nutrition cannot make it all the way up to the plant because that nutrition has to travel through the thicker roots to get up into the leaves of the plant to feed it, and it can't because the endoparasitic nematodes have eaten away at the inside thus making it impossible for the nutrition to work its way up the plant. Thus, the plant dies. Well, it withers first, and then it dies. And, you know, that, and that happens. And it's, it, as it turns out, as it, as it turns out, it's a bigger problem than I thought. Now, all of us who live in the South have always dealt with nematodes in the plants. We've dealt with nematodes in uh, in agriculture, a lot. I mean, a lot. And we've dealt with nematodes in shrubbery, a lot. And flowerings, a lot. We've dealt with this a lot. Golf courses, especially, have dealt with uh, endoparasitic nematodes that get at lance nematodes, gets into Bermuda grass, finer, hairy roots, and just tears it up, man. You go into uh, one of the golf courses in Florida... And they have, if they have endoparasitic lance nematodes on their greens, you know it because it's discolored and the golf course people go nuts, all right? And they will spend any amount of money to get rid of that. And I have some experience with that. And they, they, by the way, have tools that other people don't have because they're golf courses and I guess because of the money. But in the old days, back in the 70s, when I first started in this business, nematicides, that's what we kill nematodes with, by the way, is nematicides. Nematicides were widely available for use and for sale to the general public. And one of the things that the general public used to do if they did vegetable gardening at their house, and one of the things that the commercial agriculture people did before they planted, like these strawberry fields, for instance, they would put a product called Vapam down. Vapam was a soil sterilant. It was a chemical. They would put it, they would drench it into the soil. Then they would cover it with black plastic and it would set a gas out into the soil, which would kill all the seeds. It would kill any plant life that was in there. And it would kill every damn nematode that was there. Just killed them dead. Gone. Out of there. Goodbye. Okay. And then also, in agriculture, they needed, that wanted a faster turnaround, they had a gas called methyl bromide. And they would take this methyl bromide and they would lay black plastic over an entire field, just do that, and they would take tanks of methyl bromide and shoot that gas inside underneath that plastic and that gas would settle into the soil and do the same thing. It would kill all the nematodes, 
any insects that were in there, any weeds that were in there, just killed it dead, totally sterilized the soil. And they would do that in the morning. And in the afternoon, they could take the black plastic off and they could plant the next day with the vapam. They had to wait seven to 10 days before they could plant. So you had vapam and you had methyl bromide that you were allowed to use. Homeowners who had lawns with nematodes in it had a choice of a, of a chemical uh, called nemagon and another one called fumazone that worked much the same way, but it didn't kill the plant. And what you did is you watered, and the golf courses used this, and homeowner lawns used this, and you'd water the lawn really good, and then you would spray the nemagon or the fumazone on and then water it in, and it would get down into the soil, form a gas, kill all the nematodes, just killed all the nematodes dead, and then you had thick, healthy, wonderful lawns. You could also use it in uh, potted plants. You could use it in shrubbery. You could use it, they got root knot nematodes and all that. You could use it in your vegetable garden. Say you were growing a lot of tomatoes and you had root knot nematodes. Well, you could take the fumazone, you know, water it, spray it in there, kill everything off, and then the root knot nematodes would die and the tomato plants would start growing again wonderfully. Then nemagon and fumazone went away in the mid-70s. And the only people who could control nematodes back then, commercially, because they took Vapam away, got that out of there, methyl bromide was taken off the market. So there was a product called Nemacure that was available only for golf courses. And it was so well regulated that a golf course had to account for every ounce. It was a powder that you put down and watered in. And you had to account to the Department of Agriculture where every ounce of that powder of the Nemecure went, but it killed it. And as I understand it, it may be coming off the market soon as well. So I don't know what the golf courses are going to do. But that is how we dealt with nematodes. Today, cultural practices. So continuing our discussion about nematodes... One of the things we, you know, I did is I told you about all of the products that we use to control nematodes are, for the most part, all gone. So what do we do now? And I think I said cultural practices. What does that mean? Well, let's start with the houseplants for you folks up north that you see are declining. The only way you know that you have nematodes is you have to send a soil test off to uh, a lab and get it analyzed. And, you know, that's a little difficult to do if you live up north. And it's, you know, it costs about 25 bucks. And I, you're not going to do that for a $6 plant. But what, one of the ways you can tell that you have nematodes is you pull those plants out of there and you start looking at the roots. And if you see stunted roots, chances are pretty good. You've got nematodes. So what do we do to get rid of the nematodes? Well, luckily, you know, I talked about endoparasitic nematodes that eat inside the roots and ectoparasitic nematodes that eat outside, uh, in the, they're in the soil, and they eat the roots from the outside. Well, in the case of the ectoparasitic nematodes, what you can do and what they're advising to do is change your potting soil. Take the plant out and put it in new potting soil and then feed it with a good plant food. And that, in most cases, will take care of it. You're getting rid of the bad soil that's full of nematodes and replacing it with good soil that has no nematodes in it. That should solve the problem. In the case, if you live in the deep south and you have nematodes, 
we again talk about cultural practices. Now, there are some products as far as uh, that you can use in vegetable gardens and in shrubbery that are made with chitin, uh, which is basically comes from seashells. And it is, as far as effectiveness is concerned, some of it's better than others, and it does okay, but not great. But what I think about as far as cultural is concerned is plant plants in the area that you've had the nematode problem in before that nematodes don't like. For instance, in the situation of turf grass, nematodes love the St. Augustine grasses, and they love the Bahia grasses. For some reason, they don't love zoysia, they don't love Argentine Bahia, and they don't like buffalo grass. So the cultural thing that you can do is switch over to one of those grasses, which will solve that whole situation for you and do a good job. In the case of the shrubbery, I would go, in, you know, in a situation like this, and, or let's say a vegetable garden. Let us pretend that you want to plant a vegetable garden and you live in the deep south. And I'm talking to you, this isn't something you need to worry about up north, but in the deep south, and you don't want to deal with the nematodes. Well, in the old days, when I was a youngster, we would, you know, loosen up the soil, drench it with vapam, and then cover it with black plastic. Well, guess what they found out? Uh, there was a, a, a nemologist named Robert Dunn, uh, who is retired. May, I'm not even sure if he's still alive. But he did a bunch of research on this. And uh, he found that if you loosened up the soil really good and you had direct sunlight and you covered it with two layers of black plastic and put bricks around it, allowing no air to get in there, that the sun itself would bake the nematodes and sterilize the soil in a natural way. Now, to prove that that is correct, there used to be a potting soil company uh, company around here that made really, really great potting soil. And that's what they did with all of their soil prior to selling it. Now, some people would have these big steamers and they would steam the soil with high heat and, you know, make sure that there were no nematodes in any of the soil. And what, that's what a lot of companies do. That's what the Scots and all those people who have potting soil do. But this guy simply had a big area of concrete outside of his plant, and he put the soil down there, and he covered it with two or three layers of black plastic and would just let the sun beat down on it, and he would check the internal temperature of that soil. And in the summertime, it would get up to over 110 degrees, 120 degrees sometimes killed everything that was in it. So that, again, a cultural way to deal with it. If you're going to plant a garden, culturally, you just go in, loosen up the soil really good, take your rototiller in there. And again, this is only for people in the deep south. All right, You don't have to do this up north. But in the deep south, now if you want to do this up north, it's going to kill weed seeds and things like that. So you can do that. But uh, in the deep south, if you want to make sure you don't have nematodes, they're going to eat up your tomatoes and eat up your, you know, your your lettuce and your beans and all of that good type of stuff. Take a rototiller in, cover it with two layers of black plastic, put brick around it so that there's no air gap. Air cannot get in there and just smother it out with Mother Nature's heat. And it is extremely effective and it works very, very well. So that is what, you, you know, when Vapam went off the market, 
all of the gardeners, the Florida gardeners that, that I was familiar with, they were in this massive panic. I mean, just absolute massive panic about, you know, nobody's going to be able to grow vegetable gardens anymore now that Vapam is gone. And it was just this big controversy. You go to the Cooperative Extension Service programs, and the county agents were talking about it. Everybody was talking about it. Oh. And then, you know, Dr. Dunn did this research and said, just try this. Well, you know, I'm glad Dr. Dunn did the research. But again, I go back to the guy, one of my initial teachers was a gentleman from North Carolina who lived in Florida. His name is Garth Craig. And Garth Craig grew vegetables in his house in Clearwater every year, and he never used Vapam. I said, well, how do you do that? He goes, I put this canvas. I got this real thick canvas. You know, he didn't have black plastic. He had canvas, this real dense, thick canvas. He said, I run the rototiller through there. I put the canvas over it, leave it there for a couple of weeks. Sun beats down on it, kills everything in there. I don't have weeds. <clears throat> I don't have nematodes. I don't have nothing. He says, you know, I've got fumazone. If I get nematodes, I can use it, but I never have to because this is what I did. And he was doing this years before those products were taken off the market because he was an old-time farmer, you know, the old-time farmer who taught me, and it, and it has stuck with me all of these years because now I'm an, I'm an old-time farmer now, you know, uh, but it has stuck with me all of these years, and I hope I'm impressing you youngsters with this, is that the way you deal with things naturally is going to work for you. You take care of the soil, the soil is going to take care of you. It's just that simple. Take care of the soil. I'm going to repeat it. I'm going to say it again. Take care of the soil, and the soil will take care of you. And in the case of those microscopic little eelworms called nematodes, just heat that soil up really well. Kill all that stuff off naturally, and you'll be fine. You're listening to me on Ask the Garden Geek. 